Skincare can sometimes feel overwhelming. Whether it's finding the right products, ingredients, or treatments, there's a lot out there. But not always for people of African, Hispanic, Middle Eastern, and East and South Asian descent. That's why I set out to educate myself and others so that we can all feel beautiful in our skin. Hello and welcome to The Skin Report. I'm Dr. Simran Sethi, an internal medicine doctor, mom of three, and CEO and founder of Renew MD Medical Spas and Skin by Dr. Sethi. Today is a special episode of our podcast, as we will be going through our most popular episodes. So, before we begin our new season next week, let's dive into our favorites from season one. It's no secret that while this is a skincare podcast for everyone, I specifically geared it towards women of color. In part, it's because I'm a woman of color, but my reasoning goes beyond just me. In fact, the reason I began this podcast is similar to the reason why I went to skincare. That there's little to no research, products, and information for skin of color in the beauty space. I sum up this predicament in Season 1, Episode 19 of the podcast. In 2020, the JAAD, or Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology, found that over the course of the past 20 years, 75% of participants in skin studies were white. I want to chat about something else that the JAAD discovered. The JAAD was unable to find any studies of large, peer-reviewed research on skin conditions for women of color specifically. Of the 70,000 studies conducted on these complaints, only 1.6% included skin of color in clinical studies. Now, during this time, they also combined several studies to discover that the top three most common dermatological complaints in women of color were dyschromia, atopic dermatitis, and acne. All three conditions that I see again and again amongst women of color in my clinics. Many of us, myself included, find ourselves with dull or irritated skin as we simply do not have the tools or information we need to treat our skin properly. Until now. I created this podcast to educate and encourage all people to embrace their beauty and love the skin they're in. So, it's no surprise that our longest-listened episode comes from our September series on people of color, the episode you just heard a clip of. It's Season 1, Episode 19. In it, we tackle the three top complaints, dyschromia, atopic dermatitis, and acne. Dyschromia is the term for irregular or patchy skin discoloration. Now, dyschromia is an umbrella term for types of melasma, hyperpigmentation, or just dark patches on the skin. Dyschromia can also refer to hypopigmentation or vitiligo, which are light patches on the skin. This type of hypopigmentation is an autoimmune disease, which is very rare compared to the hyperpigmentation in darker skin. Cases of dyschromia impact women more often than men and women of color more than white women. In the episode, we cover how to address different types of dyschromia with both skincare and treatments. We also cover atopic dermatitis in the context of skin of color. When we hear about atopic dermatitis or eczema, we often imagine dry, itchy, red skin. 
However, this picture only aligns with white patients who experience AD. For people of color, eczema can appear purple, brown, or grayish, while still being itchy or dry. Unfortunately, people of color are often underdiagnosed, misdiagnosed, or never diagnosed, even though it is more common in people of color than it is in white people. Just because their eczema does not look red, as described in medical textbooks, many providers fail to properly recognize it, and as a result, it remains untreated for a while before it worsens. This is exactly why it's important for providers to be educated on how different diseases present in different skin tones. I cover how to mitigate flare-ups of atopic dermatitis and what is safe to put on darker tones. The same goes for acne. Acne treatments for white skin are not always the best or safest for darker skin tones. Several studies have shown that acne is the most common dermatological diagnosis in non-Caucasian patients. For people of color, acne needs to be treated in such a way that works with their melanin. And as we know from this series, most products are made without melanin on the mind. Harsh ingredients can further aggravate the issue and cause new ones in people of color, such as, you know it, hyperpigmentation, as well as acne scars and more. But don't be discouraged. I speak in depth on the skincare approaches for each of these issues so that you can have science-backed solutions. When we return, I'll dive more into the skincare itself and the foundational theory behind my process. Hello to all our dedicated Skin Report listeners. I'm excited to share our incredible holiday season offer. This year, we're extending our warmth with discounts across our entire range. Yes, that includes all products and even our luxurious spa treatments. Enjoy our Retinol Lipid Complex, Skin Renewal Polish, and much more at exclusive prices. Just visit skinbydrsethi.com and use the promo code HOLIDAYSKIN25 to receive 25% off any product or treatment. Indulge in some holiday self-care or find the perfect gift for a loved one. Remember, the code is HOLIDAYSKIN25 for a splendid 25% discount. Happy holidays from all of us at The Skin Report. If you've been scrolling through the internet or been around the podcast for a while, you may have heard of the skincare routine called skin cycling. What became trendy this past year is not to be confused with our skin renewal cycle, the natural process by which we create new skin cells. Skin cycling, on the other hand, we cover in episode 25. Skin cycling is the practice of changing your nighttime routine over a few day segments to incorporate harsher products like retinol and exfoliants more safely into your skincare regimen. As such, you would use retinol one night along with a cleanser and moisturizer. Then on day two, called a rest day, only using the cleanser and moisturizer, an exfoliator and a moisturizer on day three, and take another rest day on day four, making a four-day cycle. In doing so, you would ideally avoid overprocessing the skin 
with daily use of chemical exfoliants and high-concentration retinols, as these practices can dry out the skin and lead to inflammation and micro-tears in the skin. All of the inflammation lies in the epidermis, and in more melanated skin tones will lead to excess pigmentation or dark spots. In the episode, I discuss what concentration of retinol works for all skin types, as well as which exfoliants are best, especially for skin of color. If you want to hear me break down TikTok's most popular video on skin cycling and a step-by-step -step guide, check out that episode. Another type of episode I love, and you all have loved, is my Mythbusters one. In particular, my episode on coconut oil was a favorite, and with the amount of information and misinformation surrounding it, I can see why. Coconut oil has beneficial properties which can make it a suitable component of some types of skincare. Up to 65% of coconut oil is made up of medium-chain fatty acids, which contributes to its antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties. Its fatty acid contents may even provide relief for certain conditions like dry skin and eczema. Coconut oil has been studied in the reduction of inflammatory skin diseases like psoriasis and eczema, as it may calm rashes by reducing germs on the skin surface that can contribute to flare-ups. As if these perks weren't great enough, the lauric acid in coconut oil has also been shown to directly target the bacteria Propinobacterium acnes that is responsible for development of inflammatory acne. Almost 50% of the fatty acids in coconut oil are comprised of lauric acid, and studies have shown that coconut oil's high lauric acid content can block bacteria's growth. Finally, the results of an NIH study suggest that in addition to anti-inflammatory properties, coconut oil may even be antipyritic and analgesic. So you may be wondering why an ingredient with such beneficial properties would be so controversial as a skincare component. Well, this has to do with the oil's negative effects on the skin, which can occur depending on how people choose to incorporate the ingredient into their skincare practices. Many people believe that using coconut oil in its purest form is the best way to experience its benefits and therefore choose to use it by applying it directly to the skin. Unfortunately, this belief is untrue, and applying coconut oil this way can actually produce side effects that cancel out its positive qualities. However, I wouldn't discount coconut oil as an ingredient. Check out episode 15 to hear more about the best and safest ways to incorporate coconut oil into your beauty regimen. I personally love debunking episodes like our coconut oil one. If there are other skincare myths you want me to tackle, be sure to leave a comment on my socials. I'm also now on TikTok. Another reason why I began the podcast was to be transparent about aesthetic treatments and some of our most popular episodes reflects this need. I think anyone interested in anti-aging should check out my beginner's guide to Botox. Whether you're unsure, getting your first injections, or have already done some Botox, episode 26 has some great gems. Botox is derived from a bacteria, but acts as a neurotoxin that stops the signal between our nerve cells and muscle to prevent muscle contraction. When injected into muscles, Botox stops its movements. Hence, why Botox is so often injected into certain facial muscles. 
Botox is temporary. It remains active for three to six months, though in my clinical experience, it usually just lasts three months for most people. This means that the effect of Botox is at its peak for two to three months, and after two months, Botox will start to lose its effect, and by three months, it will not be active anymore, and your muscles will start regaining movement. So how does this help with wrinkle reduction? First, let's cover what causes wrinkles in the first place. UV and pollution exposure to the skin breaks down collagen and elastin proteins in our dermis, our deeper skin layer, which causes weakening of the skin. When skin weakens, it will start to wrinkle. Most importantly, though, weakened skin is more susceptible to wrinkles caused by facial muscles. Which brings me to my next point, facial movements. I think we've all noticed that we tend to get wrinkles around our eyes, between our brows, and our foreheads. The muscles we move the most when speaking and emoting. So in order to have a natural appearance, we should only inject Botox into certain muscles to arrest movement and prevent wrinkling of the skin on top. And while Botox has been popular for years and getting more popular, I also like to cover riskier, trendier surgeries so you can stay informed. In episode 36, I break down the BBL, or Brazilian butt lift, explaining what exactly it entails and why it has led to a death rate 16 times higher than other plastic surgeries. During a BBL, fat is removed from another part of the body, usually the abdomen, and grafted into the buttock area to increase the volume of the buttocks and lift at the same time. Unlike a butt lift, which occurs when there is sagging, a successful BBL must be done when you have tight to moderately tight skin in the buttocks to start with, and enough fat tissue in another part of the body to be taken out to relocate to the gluteal area. Again, people can also combine a tummy tuck with their BBL, but this recovery is more complicated as after a BBL surgery, you must sleep on your stomach which becomes more difficult when you are simultaneously recovering from a tummy tuck. A Brazilian butt lift can also be performed with implants, but this is not as popular amongst plastic surgeons as implants carry their own risks, which we will see when we look at Cardi B's recent experience. To hear more about Cardi B's experience, how a BBL differs from a traditional butt lift, and more, tune in for some hard truths. And for our coming seasons, we will be taking on even more trends. Before we hop off today, I want to touch on our last subject, the men's skincare episode. Did you know that because of sex hormones, men and women have different needs and age differently when it comes to their skin? When looking at that episode to pull a clip, I couldn't choose just one. I believe every listener should tune into that episode, send it to your friends, sons, or partners. Episode 37 became a top episode, and I believe its popularity speaks to the founding philosophy of my skincare line, that everyone deserves to have glowing, radiant skin. I want everyone to have skincare that is safe and effective, skincare that works with their melanin, their age, and any skin conditions. As we move into our new season, we will continue to cover the taboo, the pressing, the trends, and much more. If you have a question or topic you want to hear more about in season two, talk to me. We will have links in the show notes where you can do that. Showing your love for the skin report truly helps myself and my team continue to bring you the best episodes possible. If you're looking for ways to support the podcast, please leave a rating and review. 
We appreciate every comment, like, share, and review. Thanks for listening. And until next time, love the skin you're in and celebrate your beauty. If you'd like to learn more about science-backed skincare or medical aesthetic treatments, please subscribe to and turn on notifications for The Skin Report so you always know when a new episode is up. We have a newsletter that you can sign up for on The Skin Report by drsethi.com so that you can stay up to date on all our new episodes, blogs, products, and more. Additionally, if you have a skincare question or want to make an episode topic recommendation, please message me at theskinreportbydrsethi.com, which is linked in my show note, and I'll be sure to answer your question in an episode soon. We've received some great questions so far, and I will try and answer them at the end of every episode. So keep them coming.